Welcome to the Human Reboot with me, Emma Last. We have uplifting, inspiring and diverse reboot stories from people sharing the courageous, honest, authentic and sometimes difficult life lessons. The Human Reboot will provide proven mentally flourishing formulas and practical tips to help you to live life to the full, giving you direction and hope. Make your mental fitness and well-being a daily priority. Learn to pause so that you can get clear and perform at your best. Switch off to switch on. It's time for your human reboot. On the Human Reboot podcast today, I have Bernice MacDonald, aka Bernie Mac. She is the founder of Heart-Led Artist Mentoring Agency, part of Bernie Mac Agency, and the brand new membership community and resource, Becoming the Artist, which focuses on empowering and guiding the new musical artists through the music industry authentically. She's a survivor of domestic abuse and currently living with generalised anxiety disorder and PTSD. Bernie is a strong advocate for mental health awareness, self-care and personal empowerment within the music industry. So Bernie, please could you just start by telling us a little bit more about what you do? Sure, yeah, it's lovely to be here by the way. Um, So I work in the music industry with the new musical artist and I help to guide them through their career from a super authentic place because the music industry can sometimes be the type of place that likes to impose on you likes to try and change you or ask you to be something different and I think sometimes when we go along that path um, as artists we can lose our sense of self we can get drawn into things that aren't quite right for us and especially when we're new to it you know we don't really know what the inner workings of the industry can be like so my goal is really to guide the new musical artist to teach them what it's like and also teach them how to empower themselves so that they can make some really good choices for their career within the music industry. Brilliant. So you mentioned in your bio that you were a survivor of domestic abuse. Yes. Would you mind sharing with us your reboot story? Oh it's so long but yes there's certain you know there's certain points that are are relevant so I'll go through those. So When I was in my early 20s, I was in a very bad relationship um, where I was gaslighted quite severely. And it really was at a time when I was at a music college and I was doing really well. I was getting noticed by the music industry and it completely threw me and knocked me for six. And it took me a long, long time. And and actually, it's really just now that I'm starting to, what, 15 odd years later, that I'm starting to really understand what it did to me and how I how I now need to handle it you know it really knocked my self-esteem it really knocked my confidence and I started to distrust what I was seeing out in the world and of course when you're in the world and you don't fully trust yourself or what you're seeing that's a very difficult place to be in so I went into the music industry with in this frame of mind I went into some awful relationships off the back of that because I think sometimes when you're you feel empty inside and you don't realize when you're young that you need to fill that void rather than looking for someone else to tell you that you're loved you know you don't realize that you need to love yourself and you don't understand fully some people don't understand fully like I didn't what self-care is so I I very much went into the music industry in this headspace and it obviously led me into some bad situations because I wasn't in a very balanced place myself hence what how I work with my new artists now work with mindset I work with 
self-empowerment. I was looking for the music industry to empower me rather than me going into the industry empowered. And there's a very big difference in that. So once I got into the music industry, I had some situations that a lot of females do in the music industry, which involved, you know, inappropriate behaviour. And uh, yeah, and then it led me here. So there's been a lot, there's been a lot of self-work that I've had to do. And that's why I really wanted to come on to your podcast to, I hope, inspire people to say, if you have had trauma, PTSD, if you have, if you are a survivor of domestic abuse, or even, you know, trauma doesn't have to be a big thing. Trauma can be something quite small, but it's really, really affected you. It doesn't have to be this major incident that's happened. It's something that can could just have really knocked you at, at a very crucial time in your development, for example. But if you have experienced those things, I'm here to tell you that you can overcome them and you can still move forward in the type of dream or life that you want to create. Oh, that's so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> So you must feel really proud of yourself. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think I've realised I'm a tough cookie. And I'm, I'm probably, in some ways, and I don't mean this to sound egotistical in any way, shape or form, but I'm a bit of a force to be reckoned with. Like, I'm very stubborn. Am I proud of myself? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so, but I don't think it's something I tell myself on a daily basis. There's a lot of people, I think, that go through things and and I, and I think we're kind of all in it together. And I think it's all part of learning and all growing. And, and it's part of life, isn't it? And getting older. So I guess that's the perspective that I take on it. So tell us a little bit more about how you overcame that adversity. I was lucky I had a lot of good people in my corner. Because I think at one point I was quite self-destructive. And I think I didn't realise I was self-sabotaging and self-destructive. I just... I was making bad decisions and bad choices based on how I felt about myself. I just didn't have an awareness around it. So I think I was lucky that I have a very stable family and very stable friends that I really trusted. You know, I think when you have a really, really great upbringing, you can always go back to that as ground zero, as it were. At one point, I I had quite a lot of... um, Mental illness, I guess, in the sense that I really didn't know who I could trust. But I also... I realised at one point in my journey that I really needed counselling, I needed outside help, I needed someone that wasn't connected to my family who was really going to listen to what I had to say and give me an outside perspective that was not emotionally attached. And of course, therapists and counsellors and anyone along those lines have this amazing training that they've gone through. And and it was, it was game-changing. And actually, in terms of overcoming the trauma, I had amazing therapy called EMDR, light therapy which I actually now want to train in because it was so good oh I'm so passionate about this therapy I can't tell you how passionate I am about it so the number of people that have come to me and told me that they've had PTSD and if they have been given that opportunity of that type of therapy Literally every single one of them has told me it has been life-changing. Absolutely. And then you have other people that haven't had that therapy, that have found ways to cope, but it's not necessarily been completely transformational. I had CBT and I've had regular counselling. Um, I've even had healings. I'm quite spiritual. I've had shamanic healings. I've had everything. And they and they played their part. 
there's definitely value to them. But I think for me, because I did have such a lot of trauma, it was the EMDR light therapy that really was game changing. And the reason it was game changing is because what it does is it quite literally clears the trauma from your brain so that you have space to grow as a human being. You know how you, you have a lot of people who, or some people, I um, don't want to be general, like, generalized here, but you know, when people have trauma, sometimes the, whatever age they were that the trauma happened, they can stay at that age emotionally. Yeah. It wasn't until that I, I had seven months of weekly EMDR therapy that I really was able to grow into the person that I am now. It, 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 it was so game, just, just the way it connected the timeline of events for me, you know, being in the therapy and saying, okay, so I've had this reaction today, something's triggered me, being taken back to the moment where it was, I was triggered as a, as a younger person, and then being able to connect from that younger person to where I am now, all of the other times when that feeling had arisen and understanding why it had arisen was just incredible and I, I I'm so I, I like I say I really want to train in it now so. yes well I thought a similar sort of thing but you do have to be a qualified either psychologist or have had that background already as far as I know it's something that you can build on from yeah. being you know in the therapy profession I think you have to do your two years of counseling minimum and for what I'm, I understand there are a lot of practitioners who can do like a weekend in this in this type of therapy once they've done their counseling they can just take like a weekend in doing EMDR I always want to say EDMR and it's not it's EMDR but my particular practitioner was fantastic because she'd actually done two years in it yeah I really felt like I got quality care and understanding of someone who who really understands that particular type of therapy yeah so it's called eye movement desensitization reprocessing therapy that's right yeah so could you just explain what they do? Because I think in a lot of people's mind, when we start to talk about things that involve like any technology, I think because in the past there's been like electrotherapies and all sorts of things that have kind of gone on historically that have had probably a bad name. I think sometimes people kind of steer away from these things that almost seem alternative. Mm-hmm. So would you just share with us what the process was really? Yeah, sure. So I would go into my sessions feeling triggered by something. So in one case, I was working with a producer and he'd sent me a bit of an RC email. Yeah. And that for some reason triggered me. So I went into the session feeling quite anxious. I told You mentioned I have anxiety, which is true. I went in there feeling a little bit on edge. And what she said to me was, really connect to that feeling. So rather than run away from that feeling, connect to it and and just be comfortable with it. So I did that. Then what she did is she she sent me, because I did mine over Zoom, right? Because it was during the pandemic. She sent me some beeps, alternative ears, like beep, 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 alternative in your ears, right? And that's to distract the brain apparently. So I had headphones in and I was listening to those as MP3 that she'd sent me. Then she had a light bar. And you basically, you connect with this feeling, your brain gets distracted by the beeps. And then you look, you follow this light bar from left to right. And apparently left to right is quite important because it's the way that, it's the brain's way of shifting the trauma. You move your eyes from left to right. Am I explaining this well enough? 
Yes, you okay. are. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I think people know we're not scientists. We're talking very much from a practical perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not. I'm not the practitioner, <laughs> so I've never had to explain it before. Yeah. So you move your your eyes from left to right, and she says she and she says to you before you start what is the how powerful is your feeling so it might have been an eight on a scale of one to ten it was an eight and then we'll do a round of about a minute of light therapy the beats in the ears and connecting to the feeling and then she'll say to you how what's your feeling now and it might be a six and we try and bring it down basically to a zero and then this is the fascinating part she asks you in advance i say she because mine was a she to have three care characters that you can go to to help you within this scenario so mine was Michelle Obama because I really admire her I think I had Buddha in there and I think Johnny Cash was my <laughs> other one I know it sounds totally mental bear with me because honestly when I was looking into this I was going this is bonkers this is not going to work but it was amazing so Michelle Obama was my my nurturing figure Johnny Cash was my protective figure and Buddha was my wise figure and these are things that you plan out in your sessions before you go in so what she has you do is she has yourself, your older self, or Michelle Obama, Buddha, or Johnny Cash, whoever your people are, one of those people goes into that particular scenario that you've linked your negative feeling back to. So for me, I linked that feeling back to something that happened in childhood, in school. Um, and that and it triggered the same anxiety that I'd had within this particular scenario in in high school, as it were, secondary school. And I basically had Michelle Obama come in with me and talk to me as a young person and say, it's okay. Like, you're fine. Like, don't worry about the fact that these people are bullying you. You know, you can't control the, the way that they, they feel about you, but you control the way that you feel about yourself. And, and she was giving me these, she, which is really me, was giving me these wise words. And then what you do is you take yourself out of this scenario and you, you take yourself to a safe space. And these are things that you, you agree beforehand, who your three people are, what your safe space is. So for me, my safe space, I don't mind sharing, was on a porch swing in America, in the South, probably somewhere where there's beautiful fields and like a guitar playing, like someone playing the blues or something, you know, that's like my vibe. Yeah. Um, and then you show yourself the memory on the phone, on a mobile phone, the, the troubling memory. And, and you see what your reaction is to it. And, and I know it sounds absolutely bonkers, but it's really just your imagination at work. The science behind it, because of the, the, you know, you're looking from left to right on the light beam and you're getting distracted with the beeps in your ears and you're connecting to a very uncomfortable feeling and trauma really, really is uncomfortable. Like some, some of this stuff is hard to work through. But the relief that you feel when you realize that there isn't always a lot of truth to the things that you're telling yourself. You know, we all have this inner narrative that we have going on in our heads. And sometimes this inner narrative has nothing to do with us. It's to do with things that we've been, you know, ways we've been, been spoken to in childhood, or it might be someone else's voice, a parental figure or an ex-boyfriend or an ex-partner, you know, telling us that we're not good enough or whatever it is. And I think when you realize that you have a lot more control over your own mind than what you think, especially when you do feel victimized and held traumatized by trauma by PTSD it's a massive relief and for me it, it was worth going through the bonkers experience to um, <laughs> get to where I am now which is so much better than where I was 
Oh, that's amazing. So in terms of like, if there was a specific event in terms of PTSD, do you know if they tend to ask, talk, is it a bit like you're talking about that event as well at the same time as having the EMDR or is it that you talk about other things? There's not a lot of talking in it actually. It really is just connecting to the feelings and and your brain will do the rest. Your brain will link how that initial reaction that you had whenever it happened is affecting you in, in your daily life now. It's not like a talking therapy when you go through how did that make you feel and oh why did that happen and, and you're it's it's not like that there's not a lot of interaction on a talking level there's the odd little bit of course but this is very much a different type of therapy and that's great for someone who's a thinker like me I don't want to be talking I don't want to be analyzing because that's what I do all day right I, I just want someone to come in and help me remove the emotions behind it so that I can have a far more balanced perspective. So the next time I work with a producer who might be a little bit on the arsy side, I'll have a far different reaction because they, a more balanced perspective because they won't be triggering me from, from my past. Yeah, that's great. And at what point, looking back on things, do you think that you realised that you have PTSD? Oh, it was really quite recently. So I had, like I said, I was gaslighted in my early 20s. I went to victim support at that point and they were absolutely um, useless. I'm not going to lie. My particular people weren't very helpful. And so I didn't really have any therapy at all for 15 years. And I was living with this horrible experience that got me, like I said in the beginning, got me into quite a lot of um, difficult situations because I, I didn't address the problem. And I didn't have anyone around me who understood how I was feeling, who was telling me to address the problem, you know. So I was just kind of silently living with this issue. And so it really wasn't until I was in my late 30s that I I really went and had counselling and they said, you've got PTSD. So it was really, you know, 15 odd years later that I um, that I addressed it. And and. and and that sucks. Like, that's a long time to be living with, with something, you know, and, and that's definitely a hard pill to swallow. But on the positive side, at least I've, I've recovered now. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so good. For some people, you know, they have trauma from horrific situations and they, and they, never, they never address it. Or they never have the support they need to address it. Yeah. So you managed to get this therapy through the NHS? I didn't actually, they, they did put me on a waiting list, that, which was nine months long, and I then moved city. So eventually I just paid for it myself. But you right. can get it on the NHS. Brilliant. Okay, that's amazing. I keep saying amazing, 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 amazing. <laughs> it is amazing though. Oh, it's, and do you know, it's great to be able to talk about a therapy that, you know, I've heard firsthand it's amazing. <laughs> so how do you switch off so that you can switch on and perform at your best? Oh, good question. Well, for so long, I didn't. I was just workaholic. And I, I just was found it really, really hard to switch my brain off. But over the last, I'd say two years, I've realized that if I want to, because, you know, I run my own business. Um, I can't be on the go all the time. Because not only do I suffer, my clients would suffer as well. You need a bit of balance. 
So I've realized that, you know, the way to switch off is literally to switch all of my technology off, to read a book, to go for a walk, to hang out with friends and to completely turn my brain away from anything work related, which means that when I go out with my friends, we don't talk about anything to do with music. You know, and, and I have to have a lot of self-discipline when it comes to that, especially when I hear a song on the radio and I'm listening to the production, I'm listening to the lyrics and I have to actually say to myself, which is what you do when you're a musician, you know, you hear all the different songs. I'm a songwriter. Um, I, I naturally analyse music now, as, as so many of us do, but I have to be very, very disciplined with myself and say, no, I'm just listening to that now as a consumer rather than as someone who works in the music industry. That is really interesting. Because for many people, music can be a real soother, can't it? And it can be part of their self-care. But actually, in terms of you, it's possibly more. That's it's just so that's so interesting because it is. It's that is your work. And actually, when you are in an environment where you know you're out or you're socialising, your work is going on around you, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. And and as musicians, we tend to work at night as well. So pre-COVID, we'd be out, we'd be looking at the band and something it is really hard to switch off from a band because you're looking at it from the, the eyes of someone who is also a professional. But I think something that does help me actually on that note is when I listen to music that reminds me of my childhood before I became a professional, I do find it easier to switch off because those songs have take me back to some different types of memories I'm not necessarily analyzing them in the way that I would more recent music you know if I have a song that reminds me of hanging out with my friends when I was a kid or like going on a trip with my dad or whatever it will it will remind me of those lovely memories rather than me sitting there going oh they went to this chord and oh that melody was nice and oh that lyric was really clever you know I don't tend to do it with songs from my childhood so reading a book walking and socializing yeah yeah just just getting away from technology and coming back to the now yeah and have you got any techniques that help you to stay in the now I do I have a a grounding exercise which is um it might might sound alternative in fact it is alternative but you basically just you imagine that your feet are roots of a tree and so you have you have roots coming out of your feet which is a bit gross when you think about it but get that bit out of your mind um and then and they're shooting right down to the core of the earth and locking you into the core of the earth so you're really you're being physically grounded and pulled to the earth and it's best if you do this in bare feet or with socks on rather than shoes and then you just start to become very aware of everything around you so you come out of your head and you start to look around so what can you see can you see a person Can you see a plant? Can you see your window? Can you see your door, Um, a musical instrument, anything that's around you, right? A card. And then you start to become aware of sounds. So what can you hear? Can you hear cars? Can you hear music? Can you hear your kids in the background? You know, it's just stuff like that. It's becoming aware of your senses. What can you smell? And that really brings you back into the now because it's getting you out of your head and back into your present place. And I use that one a lot. That's great. Yeah, I have heard of that technique before. Yeah. It's not quite so weird. So on the Human Reboot, we always ask, what is your personal flourishing formula for living? And if you want to know what the heck that means, that is, you know, what kind of mental fitness tips or key learns or mantras or things do you live by to help you flourish? 
I have a few rituals that I do. So in the morning, for example, I will not look at my emails or any text messages in the morning. My alarm is on my phone. That's something I'm considering changing. But I just basically, I will not engage in any kind of demanding messages uh, from work or from anyone until I've got up, I've had my lemon water <laughs> and I've taken my dogs for a walk. And that's how I protect my mental health is by giving myself that space. Because for so long, I'd wake up, I'd you know switch the phone off, my alarm off and then the, you, you know on the iPhone or on any phone probably it's just got all the messages that you've received during the night I don't know what people are doing but or in the morning people are up super early and they're they're messaging you and I then you get sucked instantly into their world and their what they need you to do so for me it's been really important to actually for my self-care to make sure that I've got time in the morning for myself so that's one thing I live by and um, I also try not to eat too late at night and that affects my mental health as well because it means I get a better night's sleep and I think when you get a better night's sleep everything is better so there's a few there's a few like I've got like a morning ritual and a nighttime ritual there good so nighttime sleep hygiene yeah. are there any books or podcasts or communities or anyone that has inspired you along your journey yeah there's a few different people so when I was a, a wee bairn, a teenager really, I was really inspired by a family called the Phoenix Family. River Phoenix, Whacking Phoenix, Rain Phoenix, they're in the entertainment industry, but they're also advocates for just being yourself. And I think they, at a time when I, you know, when you're 14, you're discovering who you are, that they were big influences on me to really just not be afraid to be unique and to go for something that was different to what my friends wanted, you know, to really follow my heart and to be myself. So they were big influences when I was a child. But more as an adult, Brendan Bruchard is my go-to person. He is a life coach for Oprah Winfrey and the Fortune 500 companies. And I did some life coaching with him a few years ago with his team rather than him directly. And it was amazing. And I really follow him because he's someone that's also come through a trauma and he has a very logical and practical and positive perspective on life. So he has a few books out that I would really recommend, The Motivation Manifesto or High Performance Habits. I just follow him on Instagram and get my daily dose of wisdom from Brendan Bruchard. Brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the Human Reboot podcast today. Thank you for having me. You have been a wonderful guest and sharing all about EMDR therapy and about, you know, your trauma and how you've moved forward. I am so glad that, you know, that you're now going on to thrive. Thank you. Thank you. And if anyone wants to get in contact with you, Bernie, how are they best to do that? They can search on my socials for underscore becoming the artist or at Bernie Mac Mentoring. Bernie is B-E-R-N-I-I Mac Mentoring. Or it might be easy just to email me. Info at BernieMacAgency.com. And we will put all those details in the show notes. Fab. Thank you for listening to the Human Reboot Podcast. I'm Emma Last. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star podcast review and visit thehumanrebootmovement.com where you can find downloadable free resources, sign up to my mailing list or connect with me on social. So that's the humanrebootmovement.com. Let's switch off so we can switch on. 
it's time for your human reboot.